Welcome to An American's Guide to Bollywood, where today we're talking about Jodha Akbar, the historical period film about Akbar the Great and his wife Jodha and their legendary romance. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is the first in our historical movies series. Mm-hmm. And this is a good one. So... Directed by the guy that did Lagan, so we already know that's good. Ashutosh Gawadakar. Starring Rithik Roshan mm-hmm. and Ashwari Rai opposite each other. So clearly he saw the movie Doom 2 and was like, yes, we need more of that, and paired him up again. That's right. It's hard to say which one is better. <laughs> and then Sonu Sood, who um, pops up from time to time. and think- He's mostly a South Indian actor, but he does pop up in Hindi movies, and I'm always glad to see him. And he normally plays villains, and this is kind of a half-villain role, since he plays Jodas' brother. Yes. And this is a movie that maybe intermediate viewers? I mean, I would say it's historical enough in context, and then it's pretty enough that you don't really need to understand a lot of the stuff that would wash over you if you didn't know Hindi traditions and who the Mughals were and things like that, or the, you know, whatever. But it does help. Yeah, you would be able to follow their romance plot with any yeah. level of knowledge. But this, the stuff, the politics that were going on around it are more complicated. Yeah. And, you know, in a certain, you, you can also let that kind of roll over you and just be like, oh, this guy wants to kill this guy, which, okay, sure. But, yeah. Yeah. So I guess it depends on how much you want to understand the movie. Exactly. And, all that. Yeah. yeah. It might help to understand it because it is three and a half hours long. Yeah. And I would say this movie was appropriate for anyone that could sit through it. Like, there's not, there's sure. absolutely no sex in it, no kissing, mm-hmm. nothing more than some erotic hugging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and minimal um, at that. Yes. And the violence isn't too bad. There are battle scenes, but it doesn't glory in gore or anything like that. No, even when they're showing elephants stomping on heads, you really don't see the heads. Yeah. So I would say anyone who could sit through a three and a half hour subtitled movie would be able to watch this. Exactly. And again, it is beautiful. Oh my gosh, the sets are gorgeous. And I say sets. I'm sure they shot these in real palaces. This is the thing about oh, India. Oh gosh, they had to have. Right. This is the thing about these Indian historical movies. It's kind of like the, the European movies, you know, where yeah. they're like, oh, we just shot it in Versailles. But... We just found this old castle. Right. The, America doesn't have places like this. No. Uh, the buildings that we have that are the oldest buildings in the country are like 300 years old. Right. And they're not ornately decorated Maybe like four. this. Because yeah. Americans tend to have a puritanical streak, especially in their older <laughs> stuff, that means yeah. that we don't like decorate lavishly. No. Also, uh, the people building them didn't have a lot of resources. Exactly. And it was really expensive to ship stuff over. So there are not bejeweled golden palaces here right the best we can get are like some of the older cathedrals <laughs> yeah exactly i guess we have the painted churches here in texas those are yeah. quite pretty yeah but yeah nothing like these these are super gorgeous and the fact that they can just like film in these for their historical movies it's is incredible wild. it really makes some of these historical movies so gorgeous that even if you don't understand what the heck's going on it's worth it just to watch it for the sets oh yeah well also their costumes in this movie were amazing yes 
the jewels they wear, the intricate outfits, they're amazing. I love their the Mughal's weird little bread hats. Oh, yeah. They just looked like little breads. That is funny. Yeah, they do kind of look like that. Yeah. And, of course, all of Joda's jewelry, which was just yeah spectacular. It was amazing. Now, Ashwarya Rai, be warned, she does wear brown contacts in this movie. That's what it was. She didn't really look like herself. Yeah, that's why. You can't have two people with green eyes opposite each other. That's just not believable. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So this movie is actually relatively historically accurate uh, in ways that I found surprising. Okay, spoiler alert, I know almost nothing about Akbar the Great. Yeah, same. I actually had to ask, uh, look up in the middle what Akbar meant when they brought it up. And I was like, wait, I know that means something. (laughs) Yeah. But there were things like the role of his wet nurse in the movie. Mm -hmm. A lot of that stuff was accurate. I mean, not the him meddling, her meddling in their relationship, but the fact that she was an advisor to him and really well respected and the fact that he killed her son I mean, executed her son. Right. Like, murdered. For horrible crimes. Yeah. um, That stuff is all accurate. And I think a lot of the Mm -hmm. politics around it is accurate. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Joda was a Rajput princess, and their marriage really underscored the relationship that Akbar set up between Hindus and Muslims, which was really unusual for that time, Mm -hmm. and for a lot of times throughout Indian history. India's always... for most of the world, let's be honest. Yeah, but India has always had a problem, like this tension between Muslims and Hindus and also Sikhs and, you know, the various religions, mostly Hindus and Muslims, but when you read about the Sikhs and them getting, like, hunted in fields and stuff oh, by people, I mean, they, they've they always struggled with regimes that take over and oppress, horribly oppress the other religion. So yeah. Akbar was really unusual in the fact that he, he was ahead of his time. He really did promote um, tolerance of both religions, which was especially unusual for a Muslim ruler at that time. Right, exactly. And really, it's surprising because so much of the movie seems centered around their romance. The romance is what people don't act... That is a guess. Yes. So they tell you at the beginning of the It's so funny. They hired Amitabh Bakshan to, like, hedge their bets. (laughs) They were like, yeah, we understand that, like, no one even really knows if her name was this or this or this or this or this. And this is all a guess. So here you go. Yes. This is when you start realizing that the, the romance super is the inaccurate bit. Because in the movie, it makes it seem like they had a grand epic romance and just loved each other to bits. In real life, Akbar had several wives. Of course. I mean, he was a great emperor. And it's 1555, baby. What else are we going to do? Right. She was the Hindu one, but there were several wives. So it's likely that they didn't have, like some epic close personal relationship right because also he was busy he was busy you know expanding the mughal empire and whatnot absolutely and that doesn't make this movie any worse it's great no it doesn't because they use the romance really well and that is to reflect both akbar's view of religious tolerance but Mm -hmm. also to underscore the tension between Hinduism and Islam in India, both historically and, you know, today. That there's always this tension between it, and how do you resolve differences? And what do you do when you're the one who's in charge? And you could be terrible to the other religion. So I just thought the romance was a really good reflection of that. And of course, they were also just super charming together, because 
you know, the romance stuff, like, with the sword fighting and all that. It of was just course. Cute. They're two charming people, and I'm never going to be against two hotties getting together. I know, like, Rithik Roshan doing his shirtless sword practicing oh, outside no, of her right house. Oh, right in front of your door. I didn't realize. Sorry. Yeah. My shirt just fell off, and uh, somehow this skinny scarf didn't fall off. Because <laughs> I'm Rithik Roshan. I need those scarves. Well, it's hot outside. You can't wear a shirt while you're doing your sword play. I guess not. So Akbar is a really well-remembered ruler in India. Also, he's very well-respected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was interesting to see a movie about him because this is literally all I know about him is what's in this movie. Same. I had not heard of him before. Um, I actually had to confirm that he was this amazing, well-remembered and beloved historical figure because once you get towards the end of the movie, you're like, okay, what's happening? Did this guy's ghost write this movie? Because he's looking so good. Yeah, he is. I mean, it's it's like watching a movie, I would imagine, about Lincoln. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. You know? like, Seriously. What's the deal with this guy, though? Like, if he, he wasn't had that faults, great. we do not want to see them. Where everyone's just, like, falling all over themselves to be like, oh, this guy's, you're, you're, you're just the best leader of all time. Yeah. Also, I always love seeing the guy who played uh, Joda's father. He was in Monsoon Wedding. Yep. He's a delight. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a movie that takes its time. Like we said, it's... I think it's actually three hours and 45 minutes, but... 3.33 according to IMDb. Okay, well, I'll take their word for it. So it is definitely a movie that takes its time, but it doesn't feel like it's... Kind of like Lagan. It doesn't feel like it's super long when you're watching it. Yeah, and it's a real testament to the movie that that is the case, because... I actually was wondering if this was the longest movie I'd ever seen. Turns out it was not. First of all, Lagan is 3 hours 45. Second of all, Lawrence of Arabia is actually four minutes longer than Lagan, which is crazy. <laughs> but I was thinking back to it, and I was like, Lagan didn't feel that long. I don't remember it feeling like it was almost four hours. Yeah. And it was the same with this movie. Yeah. Their romance is established really well in the sense that it doesn't seem too rushed. But it also doesn't seem like it's the main focus of Akbar's life. Right. You know, like, he's into it, but he's not, like, it's not all all that he's about. He's not neglecting his other stuff for this. Yeah. And also, there the music was done by A.R. Rahman, who has done music for several of the movies we've watched, but also Lagan. He mm-hmm. he does a lot of South Indian movies. So, like, the South Indian movies we've watched, he's done, like, all the music oh, for. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but the songs were really well done. He does folk-sounding stuff really well and I think he does it much better than his modern stuff which I don't really like but I enjoyed the music for this mm-hmm. especially the number where all the tribes are you know the various areas yeah. of India are all paying tribute to Akbar for exactly. lifting, lifting the pilgrim tax yeah uh, he's I would I would describe him as equivalent to sort of a John Williams mm-hmm. um, in his ubiquitous presence in big films yeah so that's all for non-spoilers. We'll do spoilers after the interval. So one thing 
about this movie that actually this is just a minor quibble but I really wish okay because Rithik Roshan was really good in the part he really was but it would have been interesting to see the same part played with someone that looked younger because he's yeah. clearly supposed to be a young untried ruler that's true but Rithik Roshan was 32 when this came out and he looked 32 he did so there were things where I had to remind myself that Akbar was supposed to be really young during this because the way Rithik Roshan looked it seemed like he should have been more in control than he was. So I think it would have been interesting to see it played by somebody that looked the actual age he was supposed to be. That is really interesting. It's something that I didn't notice during the movie, but it did feel really um, incongruous when he would ha be having to break free from his advisor's control and show his independence because it didn't seem like he needed to do that until those moments happened. Or when he was really unsure about how to deal with Joda. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, and it seemed weird that, like, he didn't... I guess on some level it seemed weird that he would be getting married for the first time. Yeah. But there were things, like, when he... He didn't really seem to know how to woo Joda. He didn't mm -mm. really seem to understand how to... Deal with conflict. Yeah, make it up to her after he'd, you know, <laughs> you know completely betrayed her. Right. And all her ideals and all that. But, um... When he goes to visit her at her parents' palace, and there's like the scene where there the sheet she lowers the sheet between them in yeah. bed, and there were there were that would have been a scene that I would have really liked to see with someone that looked the age Akbar was supposed to see because or was supposed to be because it would have played better I think if he'd been younger. Yeah, there were some uh, some things that happened that had a more childlike nature mm -hmm. than Rithik Roshan can give us. Yeah. And the same would have been true with Joda if she'd been played by someone that looked younger. Mm -hmm. Because it would have been a similar feeling. It would have been like the, this is why she doesn't understand how to deal with her husband. This is why she doesn't understand how to deal with elder mother, court politics. Yeah. Why she takes things so much to heart instead of understanding that like he's been under the thumb, not the thumb, because I think in real life his, um, his nurse, elder mother, was not some sinister woman who didn't want him to have any happiness in his life. But, right. but he had a bunch of regents and things yeah, like that. But I think she would have understood that he's been listening to her forever and he has no real reason to trust her. So when she's like, oh, I can't believe you believed that I would betray you. And I'm like, well, she doesn't really know you. Like, you have barely spent any time together. You haven't consummated your relationship yet. Right. And I really feel like the not consummating the relationship right away. That was just a nod to the romance because... Absolutely it was. Yeah, especially as an Indian princess, you would understand, like, part of your job is to start having those kids. Yeah. And you better get some sons if you want to cement your place. Because also when they have the falling out and she goes back home and then, like, he realizes, oh, no, I've made a terrible mistake. I'm going to go after her. And the father's like, oh, hey, welcome. And I'm like, I can't believe you're not concerned that the treaty's fallen apart. Seriously. Her parents were way too chill about that. Right. Because I'm like, you sent your daughter home in disgrace thinking that she'd betrayed him. How would you not be worried about the treaty at this point? Yeah. Seriously. Anything she did like that would surely be thought to be the scheme of the parent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
But I liked her relationship with her brother. I like that her relationship, because it's her, actually her cousin or something, and I like that it actually was a brother-sister relationship and yeah, not a love too. triangle. Because I was worried that it was going to be that then that guy had feelings for her. Yes. And I was like, I don't want to deal with that. Right. And I didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, guys. I do not like love triangle stories. They're all right sometimes, but, like, they're never going to be my favorite. And it's not an element that I, like, unnecessarily introduced into a plot, so. No, and it's rare that they're done well. If it's if that happens in a historical movie, that better be accurate. Yeah, well, um, hope you're looking forward to Bajira Mastani. <laughs> and also the uh, sinister brother-in-law. It was... Oh, he was good and sinister. I loved all the coal on everybody's eyes. I know. Well, that's always... So, in movies, I can always tell if somebody's supposed to be Muslim because they're wearing coal on their eyes. They are. And, I mean, the guys, obviously. The women yeah. all do it. But uh, I don't know if that's accurate or not. I mean, I mean, obviously, I, I realize that, like, just a Muslim going to work on the streets of Delhi isn't, like you know, putting mascara on every day, but, right. but I feel like in movies that's always the case, I guess, because it looks more Arabic. Yeah, and it definitely emphasizes in some situations that someone is a villain, although he had an advisor, so the guy who was playing this advisor played the crazy guy villager in Lagan. Okay. And he looks like an anime villain. <laughs> he just looked crazy and very evil but he never was yeah but yeah that's the kind of look you get <laughs> yeah so it's there's not necessarily that much to uh talk about it's just a really good movie and everyone yeah, should see it because right. um it's well done and it's relatively historically accurate in all the important bits the romance mm -hmm. is just you know i feel like the bit that pulls you in and keeps you going but the stuff about akbar trying to be because it's the other thing is it would have been nice during the going out in disguise in the village streets, that would have been another scene that would have been interesting to see played by a younger-looking actor. Right. But stuff about, like, the pilgrim tax and his policies and his philosophy on ruling and all of that stuff was just really interesting to learn about, especially since I know the Mughal dynasty was so important in India. Oh, yeah. Big time. And it was nice that this movie was not stressful. It wasn't super tense. Yeah. It didn't stress you out to watch the intrigue and all the things that were happening. That That's a good point. It wasn't stressful to watch, but it also wasn't boring to watch. It's exactly. such a fine line, you know? It's hard to find. Yeah, but, but you're right. That is what this movie was like. So, yeah. Yeah, I was sitting there and I was like, I could just watch this, like, anytime. So our next movie is Mughal Yazam, that classic film. Which is actually about the son of Akbar the Great. And this is not really historically accurate at all. So this is based on a popular legend about him. And the movie itself uh, is really quite epic. So that is available to watch on Amazon Prime. And also for rent from YouTube and Google Play. So it's around. It's out there. Because also if you uh, are like us, it's available at your local library. And one thing to note is it was half shot in color, half shot in black and white. So some of the scenes will be colorized. They colorized the black and white stuff in order to match the color because the director wanted to go back and shoot everything in color, but they were like, no, it's too expensive. And this movie has already cost an arm and a leg. So <laughs> some of the movie has been colorized, but you will get used to the way it looks. You After a while, you won't really think about it. So, 
So yeah, we'll see. Then we'll see you next time on An American's Guide to Bollywood. For more of An American's Guide to Bollywood, go to guidetobollywood.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com. Shabu ka shabu, Ali ka dulara.